right. Day 123. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So this is the first day of the book of Psalms. Man, I'm so excited. Um, I love the book of Psalms. Um, it's one of my favorite books of the Bibles, uh, Bible because, um, you know, it's just so real, right? It's just so like practical. Um, and you just can relate to the words and the disposition of the authors. And it's been said that, um, you know, the Bible speaks to us. Most of the Bible speaks to us, but the Psalms speak for us, right? Um, Athanasius said that early church father. Um, and basically this is just this Christian and Jewish prayer book and praise book, right? Um, means book of praises. Uh, and it's yeah, basically the first section of the third, uh, first book of the third section of the Hebrew Bible, uh, which is, you know, the writings, right? What we would call, you know, the Hebrew Bible is the law, the prophets and the writings and the Psalms starts the writings. And in this section of the Bible, um, the idea is we're instructed in how to live out the God's covenant, right? And so Psalms, Proverbs, all these uh, different wisdom books show us how to do that. And what the Psalms want us to know about God is that God is king, right? And that our God reigns, right? Like that's the central message. That's what that's what it's centrally trying to say about the Lord. And it's instructing us about how to experience abundant life under our good king and the reign of our good God. And so Psalms, yeah, have like a bunch of genres. Think of this like music. So like you have, you know, rap music, but you can have genres of rap music, right? You can have like conscious rap. You can have mumble rap. You can have, you know, uh, more like pop rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, so uh, Psalms is kind of similar in that way. So you have like laments, you have hymns, you have thanksgivings, you have kingship Psalms, wisdom Psalms, and Psalms of trust. And so they're not all the exact same in that. But one of the things I do love about the Psalms is that uh, and John Calvin, a um, Protestant reformer and theologian, said that the Psalms are like an anatomy of the soul. Right. And so basically what he means is, man, every single experience, every single disposition that is known to mankind is somewhere in the Psalms. Right. Somewhere in the Psalms, you can find them. And uh, just in terms of structure too, the Psalms is broken up into five books. And so, uh, you know, there's like the first 41 Psalms is book one. And then the next, uh, you know, 42 to 72 is like book two, 73 to 89 is book three, 90 to 106 is book four, and 107 to 150 is book five. And so Psalms are broken up into books and we'll get into why that is a little bit later. All right. So Psalm one, we jump right in. And Psalm 1, the first and second Psalm are actually like, they serve as an intro to the book and they're actually tied together like literally. Like there are words that kind of link them together and they both don't have a title in the original language. So that goes to show that they're like an intro. They're trying to like show you and prepare you for what's to come. And so I love how Psalm 1 starts. It says, yo, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners, right? Or sit in the company of mockers. Verse two says, instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. Now, the word for instruction here in verse two, interesting, is the word Torah, right? So in other places, uh, Torah is translated, obviously, as law or even teaching. So we know that the Torah is Genesis to Deuteronomy, the first five books of Moses. It's called the law, the law or the Torah, right? And what he's saying here is, you know, 
um, you know, the righteous, uh, their delight is in the Lord's Torah, right? So he is talking about the first five books of Moses, but he's also talking about the book of Psalms. That's why I remember I said the book of Psalms is broken into five books. It's broken into five books because it's paralleling the law, right? Genesis to Deuteronomy. And so what he said, in other words, what he's trying to say is this, you can delight, if you, del, if you delight, right, in the Lord's instruction and you meditate on it day and night, you'll be happy. You'll be blessed. And this word uh, for happy is blessed in other translations. And it just means a well-being, right? It just means a genuine, legitimate well-being, right? And so the book of Psalms, once again, was written to us to instruct us, right? And so Psalm 2 picks up and if Psalm 1 is meant to tell us the purpose of the book, Psalm 2 wants to tell us its overall message, right? So which is, we talked about earlier, the Lord reigns and the Lord is king, right? And so, yeah, the Bible is a book about God. And this is what the Psalms want you to know about him. And so we see this in verse 4 when the text talks about, you know, the one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord ridicules them. What is it talking about? So one, it's talking about Yahweh's kingship. Yeah, God is king. He's enthroned in heaven. Boom. But also in verse one and two of chapter two, it's talking about these nations that are raging and the king, uh, the nations that are raging and the kings of the earth that have taken their stand against Yahweh's king. And so this is a psalm of David. And David is just basically saying that the nations of the world seek to overthrow Israel's rulership. Right. But the irony is, and this psalm is going to get it, they, in trying to seize Israel's rulership, they need to realize that they need to be subject, right, to Israel's king because Israel's king is God's king, right? And this passage is so deep, uh, Psalm 2 is so deep, and it's picked up all throughout the New Testament, and it's ultimately applied to Jesus, right? And this is uh, what we would call a messianic psalm. So, in other words, when this psalm was written, Jesus was not alive, right? But it's pointing forward to the Messiah, right? The king, the future king of Israel that will reign forever, which is Jesus. And the New Testament authors will actually pick up on this passage and apply it to Christ, so verse six, and you see hints of that here. So verse six, it says, I've installed my king, right? Jesus is God's king on Zion, my holy mountain. Then verse seven, it says this, I would declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. It's so funny because Peter in Acts four will say that the rulers who have taken their stand and plotted together will ultimately Pontius Pilate and Herod, who were both Gentiles. And however, the text is saying that they plotted this scheme against the king of Israel, not knowing that, again, they needed to be subject to the king of Israel and that the nations, right, would be Jesus's inheritance. So in other words, people from all nations, not just Israelites, people from all Asian nations, which includes most of the people I assume that are listening to this podcast, right, would be his inheritance. That's what verse eight talks about. And so, um, this blessing that God wants us to experience, yes, is meant and comes to us through meditating on his word. Absolutely. Right. Like God's word is not meant to be swallowed, I like to say, but it's meant to be savored. Right. We're supposed to take it in, reflect on it. Right. Chew on it. Sit with it. But ultimately, though, God's word and this blessing is meant to come from submitting to the king. Right. Right. And so that's why at the end of Psalm 2, 
it'll say that, yo, all who take refuge in him are happy, whether an Israelite or not, right? All who take refuge in the king are happy, are blessed, right? And that links actually Psalm 1 and 2. So the first uh, verse of Psalm 1 talks about being happy. Um, and then the end of Psalm 2 talks about being happy as well. And so this links the two Psalms. And uh, yeah, that's what God is not just trying to instruct us just to tell us what to do, but so that we would be uh, well off as well. So Psalm 3 comes. And Psalm 3 is basically uh, the first Psalm when we have a historical situation, right? So we have David. It says, you know, David is running from Absalom, right? Absalom was David's son. Remember from the book of Samuel, Absalom was David's son, son. And he is on the run. And David is king, which you realize is David is king. And instead of reigning, he is running, right? He's running from the one who is his son. And he says this in verse two. He says, yo, many say about me, there is no help for him in God. Now, the Hebrew word uh, here for help is actually Yahshua, right? And that's very important. I'll come back to why. So he'll come back. He'll say that uh, that people are mocking him and saying, yo, there's no help for him in God. Ain't nobody help him. Whatever. Verse eight will say, yo, salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be on your people. This word for salvation is the same word in Hebrew. Yahshua. Right. So in other words, the people are like, yo, there's no Yahshua for him and God. And then David comes back and says, Yahshua belongs to the Lord. Right. And then that's not the end of it. Yahshua is actually the Hebrew name for Jesus. Right. And so David, in other words, David has confidence in his troubles. Right. He's not losing an ounce of sleep at night. He's like, bro, folks, Absalom on my head, but I'm not scared. Right. He expresses this type of confidence in the midst of running from his enemies because he knows that God saves from enemies. Like that's what he does. That's what salvation is. And so for us, even as we think about our lives, when we're in trouble, Right. When things are wrong, when we're being falsely accused. Right. When we're being persecuted for righteousness, just like David was and like the Bible say we will be. We can have confidence because God saves and protects. From enemies. Psalm four is very similar. Um, David says this. He says, answer me when I call God who vindicates me. You free me from affliction. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, exalted ones, will my honor be insulted? How long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Right? In other words, God shows, David is testifying to the fact that God shows his own righteousness and his vindication of the righteous. Right? From trials and tribulations and situations. Here we have David who is not being honored as he should as king. He's being lied on. And then once again, in the midst of He's once again in the midst of affliction, right? But he has this firm belief in the justice of God, right? And this, I love what the text says, this leads to a peace and joy, even when life isn't peaceful or joyful, right? And he says this in verse seven, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and new wine abound. He says this in verse eight, I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. 
David has joy and peace in spite of his circumstances because his joy and peace aren't dependent on his circumstances. They're dependent on Yahweh, the king of the universe who never changes. Guys, God is trying to instruct us in the Psalms. And this instruction is not meant to be swallowed, but savored. And it is for not just the, he's not just teaching to teach or hear himself talk. He's trying to teach us so that we will be blessed and we will really learn what that means. Father, we pray right now that you would teach us what blessing really is, that we would sit with and savor your word. Help us to have joy and peace regardless of circumstance because our joy and peace is not contingent 